everyone. Welcome back in. It is our number two of Beeson Bet Center on a Saturday evening. Hanging out with Josh Towers, former big league pitcher. I'm Ben Wilson. Thanks as well to our whole crew behind the scenes. Brad, Wyatt, JJ, and Nick. On this Saturday evening from our Circus Sports Studios off Fremont Street in downtown Las Vegas. Let's update you on some MLB games in progress. It is a Saturday, which means full MLB card. And uh, Josh Bradhand has managed to do the seemingly impossible blow. Not one, but two saves in the same game. Gives up a bottom of the run, a bottom uh, of the ninth inning run. Uh, yeah, why would he do that? To, to make it a 2-2 game in a game in which Max Scherzer struck out 14 in seven and a third. Nationals get a run in the top of the 10th, but they bring Hand back out, and he cannot keep the Yankees from scoring in the bottom of the 10th. So still a tie game, 3-3, one on, two out, bottom of the 10th. New pitcher into the game as well, as I believe that is Brandon Finn, uh, Kyle Finnegan, wrong Finnegan, Kyle Finnegan now in right. Now, as far as a live line in this spot, you are seeing at the moment, just getting this refreshed here, where the Yankees, uh, they have taken it down for now, but I was seeing Yankees minus 120, Basically, and this was, uh, as you watch at VEASAN.com, minus 157 with the runner on a moment ago. I believe Finnegan is about to get out of it, though, and he does. DJ LeMahieu strikes out swinging. So we go to the 11th. The Nationals will likely be about a minus 120 favorite with the at-bat. That's what we've been seeing in a lot of these in-game scenarios. Uh, Josh, interesting scenario, though, in Detroit, where I, what did I say before the, the last break? Don't blindly bet Minnesota just because Detroit had a, has a historically bad <laughs> offense. You can't trust this Twins bullpen in a 2-2 game. Uh, what what happens? They 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 give up runs. They did, and and I, I got some <laughs> info for you. Tyler Duffy, three runs in the bottom of the seventh. He gives up 5-2 Detroit. Floor is yours. What's the Twins' uh, season record? You got it up real quick? It yes, is. It's close. What, 12-19? and 19? Something like that, yeah. The bullpen is 1-10. and 10. Uh, Five oh. saves only. On the season, um, I was right. Twelve and nineteen. Yeah, one five in, saves. One, wow. yeah, five saves. Twelve opportunities. I mean, that's and that's qual- the, they will blow a quality start here by Jose Barrios, who was good today. Two earned in six innings. I mean, you got to keep the game where it is, the best of your ability, uh, and that's the one thing they're not doing. You got you need a lot more consistent. My bullpen should not factor into that many. It's eleven decisions out of how many games they've had on the season. They, they shouldn't be factoring in. Keep the game. If I'm losing, try to do your best to keep it there. Give us an opportunity. Obviously, if we're winning, please keep the game there and give us an opportunity to uh, help you defensively. Hold on to this. One in ten is too many decisions where you're coming in with the lead and you're blowing it, and then the offense is trying to get it back, and then it's just not working. That's that. There has to be changes made there. Uh, yeah, sometimes we can sit around long enough to right this ship, but... There has to be some changes if not, because that tells you that your starters are doing a good job. That tells you that offensively you're doing a good job and you have this opportunity to win games and you're just not doing it. We're not even getting to the back end. That's the other thing. Uh, five saves, again, on the season, which is fourth, tied for fourth in baseball. The Nationals only have three saves. And Nationals, again, they, they still might be able to get a save, but Brad Hand has already blown that a couple There's times a as they go to the uh, – the top of the 11th. So, we're, but they've we're only talk had too. four opportunities as well before. Wait, right. This is different. But, like, look at the, the Diamondbacks, four saves and, and 12 opportunities. The Reds, five out of 12. The Miami, five out of 14. The Twins, five out of 12. And the White Sox, six out of 13. And they got Liam Hendricks, who they spent a lot of money on. The Angels, who don't spend money on pitching, you need to, actually did go out and get Iglesias, who is also known for Cincinnati to blow saves, six out of 13s. I mean, 
there's a lot going on. There's more than that, by the way. There's a lot going on to the back end of these teams uh, pitching that's not getting the door closed. And listen, the eighth inning guy, very important. The seventh inning guy, very important. But if your closer is not getting it done and doesn't have a track history, you're going to have to go and try some other people at some point because there's way too many games for teams. Uh, these guys aren't hitting all season, man, and all of a sudden they just randomly mm-hmm. hit in the ninth inning. It just tells you the pressure aspect of what it takes mentally to, to do a job when it's on the line and how hard it becomes in that regard. And this will factor into our discussion we're going to have a little bit later in the show about futures and sort of seeing, all right, how much of a sample size do we have? What, what do we think about some of these teams Josh trying to get a good look at uh, as the A's just get a <laughs> that's a, like Circus Studio. We've got all our games on. You got to be kind of limber and able to able to move around, crane your neck to see uh, different games right now. So we're going to talk about that as well as get into some of our uh, previews for upcoming games as well. It is Veasan Bet Center on a Saturday evening, live from our Circus Sports Studios off Fremont Street in downtown Las Vegas. A couple quick updates of the games we have not mentioned yet at least, not mentioned recently, that have changes. It is now a five-run seventh inning for the Detroit Tigers against the awful, disintegrating bullpen that is the Minnesota Twins. 7-2 now, Tigers, bottom of the seventh. Live in-game total at 10.5, so if you somehow trust that these bullpens will prevent two more runs from scoring, I guess you can bet this. Minus 130 is the juice. Josh, you just saw the A's score. This has been an interesting back-and-forth game where the A's trying to hold off a late rally by the Rays. It was 3-0 Athletics with Frankie Montas on the mound, able to get a couple runs early off Tyler Glasnow. Rays don't cut it to a one-run game. Important insurance run for the second time we've seen the A's get an insurance run as it is now 5-3 in the bottom of the eighth. Your in-game uh, total was 7.5. That has just gone over, and right now we get another knock. This a double into the gap for Elvis Andrews. It is six three A's as they're looking to take the first two in the series against uh, Tampa Bay. And 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 the dude who broke the no hitter up last night, I might be saying his name um, uh, wrong, but Mike Brosu, he's playing second base. Uh, I, I, I think it's Mike Brosu. Brosu. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah. He came in to pinch hit, and he he, he went. Oh, sorry, he's playing first base. He was in the second base position because of the shift. But what he did was he got the ground ball with two outs. The pitcher's covering. Uh, he had time, and it was a sidearm throw. We're going to come on top. We're going to flip it. We're a little too far from flipping it. But as he fielded the ball in position, he never moved his feet. He never shuffled. He didn't do anything. He just fielded and then threw from that position, which caused his arm to get away from his body, and he made an errant throw on what would have been a routine three-to-one ground ball out of the inning. It's very frustrating. Uh, again, your your feet have got to be moving if you want to make – a quality throw, no matter how short or how long it is, it helps with the finished product, and it helps, again, with the accuracy of your throw. So he doesn't move his feet at all from feeling the ball. Drops down sidearm to throw it, which I'm okay with, but he sells it. That's not the stuff that's going to make your manager very happy. That's not the stuff. The race style of baseball, very important with the fundamentals on how Kevin Cash and the boys teach it. And for him to, to make that play very uh, probably – unhappy people in that dugout shaking their heads. With that said, it's it's a frustrating because I made a great pitch to Sean Murphy to get out of this inning, and now I hang my head. I just gave up a run. It was a close game. It's 6-3 now. It mm-hmm. was tied right at the time. Would have got us out of the inning. It was 4-3. Four, 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 okay, yeah. so we're still right in that in the eighth <laughs> inning, and now I'm frustrated, and so what do I do? As a pitcher, that's why it's a team game, I don't let it go before I get back to the mound uh, emotionally, I'm probably still a little frustrated, and I'm doing my best, but I don't really let it go. And then 
I make a bad pitch kind of out of anger, out of frustration, and now I add it on to what could have been all prevented. It's tough, man. It, it's Look at Glasnow on the bench. He's not happy either. Uh, it's a tough game, but we have to have a short-term memory. If I blow a game today as a bullpen, Ben, I got to let it go because I'm going to be out there again tomorrow. But again, why do we preach the fundamentals? Why do I preach move your feet? Why do I preach all these different things? Because I want to prevent very simple errors from that from happening, and that turned out to be a big one in this game for Tampa, and now Oakland's up 6-3. You didn't have the under in this, did you? I have nothing in this game. It's just, again, it's the fundamental. <laughs> that is a rough way because you, you lost an under. If you had the under, yeah. you lost on that play. It was 7.5, goes over on that play, now 6-3 A's on in the, the bottom minor, of the 8th, right. and also the the 7.5, also in Minnesota and uh, in and uh, Detroit, where you, you lose your under there thanks to a five-run blow-up by the bullpen. So. Exhibit number six hundred seventy-eight of why yeah, I usually bet, bet a lot of right first, a lot of, lot of, yeah. We put put another. Tab and I on like that. I like where you're at too because again you 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 found something you're you're finding something with your betting in the first five that has more consistency. You're taking away pressure innings with a lot of inexperienced uh, players overall. I would say pitching more so coming into games in the innings where it gets a little bit more stressful, so experience becomes something very, very important. Hence, veteran bullpens make me a little bit mm-hmm. calmer. Right. I would like to win a game. So I like your first five. Again, you you you, you found something I that's didn't play it here, but that's consistent. It's, just the, but yeah, it's the principle of it. It and is. You said Fundamentals, man. It bothers me. Go. I know it's going to bother him. I, it's very simple. I could have just moved my feet, but I'm good. I understand it. I'll just flip it. No big deal. He probably makes that throw, obviously, more consistent. Mm-hmm. But why risk it in a situation like that? Fundamentals. Why, why did I need to? Fundamentals. Short memory. Yeah. Those are big in baseball. They're also big in sports betting, too, Josh. You, gotta, you know, stick to I kind of like the longer memory in sports betting. You know, oh, yeah? I, not because, like, oh, I need to get over that loss. But taking notes and understanding some of the things I do and why. Because you can bet every day if you live here. Uh, I guess anywhere around the country with all the apps. Um and sometimes we, I know I do, I place, I place bets and then I just get caught up in the outcome and maybe miss something that would lead to a mistake that I don't want to make again betting on, on a particular team or player or something. So I do like having a little bit better memory when it comes to that. But when it comes to baseball, I blew it today. Give me the ball tomorrow. I'll make up for it. And, yeah, you can make the same point. Betting, you always get, there's always a big card, especially on these Saturdays. And, by the way, three games that also went over – in the final couple of innings, thanks to bullpen play, we also saw one uh, as uh, as the San Francisco Giants get a late run in a game they were already up comfortably. They win, but they go from 6-1 in the eighth up to 7-1, and that was a game that had a total of seven. So goes over in the final couple innings, and the Giants, that goes final. Kevin Gausman, just off of the COVID list, had side effects from his vaccine earlier in the week, back in another loss for Joe Musgrove, who continues to really struggle since his no-hitter. 7-1 final as a plus uh, 123 underdog, the Giants take the first two games of that series. Let's talk about that real quick, too, because it goes back to your first five play. Mm-hmm. So this team is what now, 20 and 13? The Giants are, yes. The Giants are. They're, 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 their bullpen is 8-8 eight eight with a 4-3-9, 12 saves, and 21 opportunities. So they're playing close games, um, and they're not converting all of them. Imagine if they were even close on the conversion rate of that. That would be fantastic. So what does that say to me? Um, without watching them fully and having all the stats, is that if they're still 20-13 and 13, and they've blown nine saves on the season, then that means that, and we know their starting pitching has been awesome. All these guys, the Gosmans, the Sanchez's, all these dudes have been 
fantastic. The Webs, that means they're up enough in the games to where they're still blowing nine of 21 save opportunities, and they're still seven games above 500 at this point in first place. So that means that they must, and I don't have it, I could be wrong, their their first five has got to be great betting on them. There has to be... Those, they're, they're giving now, up enough today, to, to, to make up for this. They're it was giving, extremely low today. It was three and a half today, which no, is I'm about as low as you'll get. First five, they have right. to be very successful. They, first five, as a they and they as were they were up. Obviously, they won the game today. They were up. Today was one, of, and but the unders have been good as well for them too. They it goes over today. Those three I mentioned, the first fives were still one, one, and one. So it wasn't like you could have just blindly bet these first fives. Uh, it, it's not. It, it doesn't always work in such a seamless process like that. But your point is well taken. Jake McGee has been awesome. It's just. It just, and I'm not even blaming him. As, as yeah, I'm just saying, like, overall. So, like, without diving in and looking at every game, just based loosely off these numbers, what I'm thinking is is the Giants must be up, like, 5-1 to one all the time after 5 <laughs> going in, and then they blow the lead. Now it's 5-5, five, five, uh, and then they score, kind of like yesterday, I think. Uh, they were up 4 nothing, gave up four runs immediately, and then hit a home run, I think, in the seventh and ended up winning 5-4. That – that is what I'm thinking that's going on consistently with this team just based off of what I'm seeing from the starters, from their record, and from the pen is yesterday might be a prime example of they probably have a fantastic first five innings record for us against the spread, winning and losing, what we're trying to do, right? Uh, and then the bullpen kind of gives it back a little bit and then not enough to where it's out of hand, but tie the game, and then the Giants figure out how to score a run and they win the game. So uh, something's going on, but I got a feeling the first five for the Giants has been a great bet if you've been betting that so far this season. Kevin Gausman as well awesome. backs up your point. 3-0, one nine seven awesome. right now for Kevin Gausman. So very impressive start. As always, let us know if you've got any bets right now you have coming into the Saturday night card. Hit us up on Twitter at VSIN Live. I have one play here coming into the night slate. This is just getting underway right now. I did take a first five, although it is not a total, Josh. I have first five backing Houston. Christian Javier and the Astros against the struggling Steven Matz and the Blue Jays. Curious your thoughts on on Tampa Bay and, and the pitching staff in general. There's a lot to get into with that, but Matt's specifically. Are we talking about, about Toronto? Yeah, and, okay. and Stephen Matt's, and by the way, Christian Javier, this is just underway. He gets a clean top of the first. I have Houston minus 150 in the first five. They're about minus one, anywhere from minus 140 to 145 for the game. A total of nine, a little bit higher, and that's partly due to how resurgent this Houston offense has been now that they've gotten all their guys back off the COVID list. And with the struggles as well, of Steven Matz, where his last three starts have uh, really been brutal. One and two, giving up 14 earned and 13 and two-thirds innings pitch. So we're seeing the regression in progress, Josh, after a fantastic start to the year for Matz, where he gave up just three earned and 18 and a third innings pitch. This was part of my handicap here, where I'm, I'm kind of fading Matz while continuing to back Javier, who has not allowed a run so far in three home starts this season. Let me first ask you about Matz. What have you made of a guy like him who looked so bad last year, Seem to have turned a corner at the start of this season, but has clearly fallen back into into hard times once again now for Toronto. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing exactly who Steven Matz has been. Uh, he can be lights out, or he can look like he has no clue. And again, it. it I'm trying to think of how I can explain it. Um, when he's going good, whatever. Let's just say he's downhill and he's living on the corners. Um, and when he's going bad, he doesn't know how to make the adjustment to get back to that. It's like, oh, it's going bad. Well, I'm just going to continue to just throw this, and then we'll hope it works itself out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. No worries. Now, I'm not saying that's what he says and thinks, but that's what I see. 
uh, I don't have this pitch, so maybe I'm going to try to go to this pitch, or I'm going to. He won't. He doesn't seem to really want to make the adjustments he needs to make in game to see if something else will work. He just goes ahead and sticks with whatever he has at the time, and that's it. It is what it is. Yeah, zero and five last year with, with that ten ERA. That's a little bit different. Um, luckily for him, the season was shortened, but the, now the Mets got to make a decision on what we're going to do. And and they've seen him eleven and ten year before, but again, it's like this, it's really good or it's kind of really bad. You know, he does go through those stretches where it's 15 innings and 15 runs, or he goes through those stretches where it's 15 innings and two runs. So, um, and then you see in the 2018 season where he's 5-11, and 11, I can only control so much. He had an ERA of around 3-9, which means he's probably throwing pretty well. He just wasn't getting the offensive support the year before. He has a 6 ERA and he's 2-7. and seven. So, I don't know what I'm going to get consistently from Steven Matz. What I do know is that he has good stuff. What I do know is that when you look at the analytics on Steven Matz, you go, oh, he's got really good stuff. So then people get excited. What I also know is that he's either never been taught how to pitch or he has not been willing to learn how to pitch because he has better stuff than his career numbers suggest. And so what do we do? I got to ask Steven Matz, what are you trying to accomplish in baseball what, what are your goals, and can we work with it? If not, we're always going to get these inconsistencies with him, which, again, is a very tough person to And so to when, you, when you're looking at this then two bet, I think you're, you're then breaking it down on a matchup basis. So you look yes. at it here, you're in a pitcher, uh, anti-pitcher park, really hitter-friendly park at Minute Maid. You're going up against a Houston offense that I mentioned has been resurgent, and to back that up over the last two weeks, they've had the best OPS in the AL, now third for the year, and that was after a really brutal a hitting start where they had that six-game losing streak at one point, swept it home by the Tigers, but they have really figured things out. Yuli Gurriel with a four-for-four four game last night in a in a 10-4 win. So I combine that with Javier, who's not going deep in games, using a lot of pitches to get through usually about five innings in his starts. He's only gone more than five innings once this year in five starts, but fantastic at home, Have not has not given up the run in, in the 17 innings uh, so far in his home start. So I look at those two factors combined, and I feel like, look, I, I think 150 is a very a very fair price, but it's also a price that I want to attack because I, I think this kind of also goes to the, the larger picture on Toronto. They've got some really big-name prospects pitching in AAA right now. I think the leash on, on Mats is pretty short, and you're only going to have so many opportunities in good matchups like this to go against him. And that's why I, in this spot, went, uh, went on the Houston side and, and laid the 150. Um. 100% good with that. I mean, you okay. gave. You I feel gave good me, now. You gave me two. <laughs> you gave me too many good numbers. One, you gave me a hot pitcher who's been consistent in Javier, and then you backed it up with they're at home, and his home numbers are fantastic. So there's something that he's doing at that place that makes him very comfortable, uh, which is always nice. I, I like the way the Astros uh, have swung the bat. Uh, you got, you know, Diaz hitting 286, followed by Bregman 310, and Alvarez 340, and Gurriel 342, and Correa 254. And I'm getting consistency through the middle of that lineup, right? Uh, they still have their falters at the bottom of the lineup, but they've, you know, they're, they're trying to work through that, and they do make adjustments to the lineup. Uh, I do get nervous when they're crying about the fans in New York. Just clearly they're, they're rattled. When, and they're, they're, their ears are in the stands a little bit more than they should. And it, I, I, listen, it gets tough. They have to get over that, you know. They, they they're it's nice get, not to have to worry about it in the home games, especially right, when you're getting, betting on them. Yeah, they're getting distracted and they're still playing fairly good baseball, and and, and that's important. So that those are conversations. They're doing good versus teams with a 500 record or better, which is always nice. 
Um, you would have thought, though, maybe a little bit better than eight and seven home. So there's clearly somebody else at home who's not having that much success. But again, Stephen Matt's inconsistencies haven't pitched good lately. Javier has been good. They're back home. I like them in this Boom. game. Boom. All right. Nothing, nothing. Convinced. Uh, by the way, uh, a clean first inning for each pitcher. So your no-run first inning would cash. That was even money, I believe, actually. A slight uh, dog to the yes, given the struggles of Stephen Matz so far. Also, just circling back to the, the Giants point you were talking about earlier, our outstanding producer, J.J. Leonard, looked this up. Oh, say something nice. Giants, 18-10-4 now after today. First five. That is second best in the major leagues. Who's the best? That would be the... J.J. just texted it to me. I think Chicago White Sox. White yeah. Sox, right. Boom. Again, and so Liam Hendricks. You know, slow on the, slow on the jump. Who's yes. really good, but Liam was on that list of, of, of the stats as far as blown saves. I think they were like 6-13 and 13 or something like that, the White Sox, that is. You so, do know what you're talking about, Josh. That's why well, we... the numbers kind of help out a little bit <laughs> if you can follow them right. Uh, that's good, though. That's nice. I mean, that's a lot of money right there. That is, if you're, if you're betting that every day. Also, in the meet, while we're talking about all this, we have a walk-off in progress. We have a bases-loaded situation in a three-run game in the top of the ninth. And we have a pitcher who just went yard. We're going to tell you about all those things coming up next. Josh, as we continue right here on VEASAN Bet Center. On Monday, VEASAN brings you the English Premier League BetCast for the big match between Fulham and Burnley at 3 p.m. Eastern, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. VEASAN EPL BetCast is the best way to keep up with the soccer betting action live during the matches. Join Nigel Seeley and Harry Simeu as they talk betting during the biggest match of the weekend. If you're new to in-play soccer betting, they'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. Visit VEASAN.com slash EPL. Tune in at 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday afternoon. That's VEASAN.com slash EPL. Welcome back in. VEASAN Bet Center. On a Saturday evening, hanging out with Josh Towers. If we ever do an MLB betcast, Josh, you're going to be going to be doing color for that. I can guarantee you that as the former me, big league pitcher. I'm Ben Wilson. Let me give you a stat today. Yeah. First inning, yes. There's one going on right now. We still have one to play, but 10, uh, 13 games where the first inning is official already. First inning, yes. What do you think the uh, record is? Today? Just on a whim, I'm going to go nine and four. Ten and three. Yeah. I love it. It's I such mean, a I, great. It's not bet. like we don't have. 8 million TVs that were watching, but I I did just see the White Sox put up a five spot <laughs> in the first, so that was... I had a feeling you were going somewhere along that line, and I also just saw the Phillies, who are suddenly the hottest team in baseball, just score a first inning run already, So and two on with one out right and That now, was so. a home run, too, so then, then they started a rally afterwards. Uh, the so maybe the hit, as the weather beautiful. gets warmer, maybe the... It's just in general. I mean, even with how bad baseball offensively has been this year, it's just, again, it's the settling factor and it's the excitement, and uh, then you get into rhythm a little bit, and it's just, uh, I like it. And that's why you search those, man. You search, and, you know, whenever I see some, you know, outside of cores, you kind of cross out cores, and mm-hmm. that's just flipping a coin. But when you the numbers, man, the numbers suggest, and I know um, beating the book, you know, Gil has, yeah. they, they have their thing that they do, him and Jason. 
and they have their own philosophy. I like to look at the numbers, and when I see value on first inning yeses, I mean, it, it's a very common thing. It's a fun bet as well. Um, a quick bet? There's entertainment? You, you don't sit through a three-hour game? <laughs> again, we're looking for consistency, and exactly. consistency, they do score. That's the one inning, man, I'm telling you. So it's it's just 10-3 uh, and three today. Who We got some seven for the White Sox now. Cool. Uh, yeah. And so the two that just went final, we saw Glaber Torres, really the hero in the Bronx today, first ties the game in the bottom of the ninth, alone save for Brad Hand, spoiling a 14 strikeout outing by Max Scherzer as a slight dog to, to Corey Kluber. Kluber was minus 123. Torres with the bases loaded, infield single off Tanner Rainey, and the Yankees get the win 4 3. This game does, so, I mean, if you had the under in this game and you saw this go. I mean, it was 2-1 in the bottom of the ninth. You Again, we've seen so many of these just get blown open in extra innings. You somehow hung on for dear life, and you won by the skin of your teeth, 4-3 in 11 innings as that goes final. The other game that had just gone final as well, we, we teed it up going to break. Lou Trevino got himself in quite the jam there, Josh, in the top of the ninth. 6-3 A's against Tampa Bay, but got Joey Wendell to ground out to Elvis Andrews to end the game. And the A's take the first two of the series with Frankie Montas today as a plus-124 uh, favorite in this spot. Did get a little bit of money, came back down to plus-115, at least in a couple books here in town, including Circa, where we're at, uh, right behind us against Tyler Glasnow. So nice win there. The bullpen for Tampa really struggled late, and that game goes over as a result. So a couple of uh, finals. And, uh, yeah, th- sometimes, Josh, you know, you sweat out a lot of bets. Sometimes you get some easy winners. And if you bet the White Sox, that would appear to be – an easy winner yeah, because seven runs are in. We talked about that pen. It is still the, yeah, that is that is a good point. But already we've had the first inning cycle here. We have. A, and had the Tim, a couple of this multiple guy. singles, the Oan Moncada double, the triple from Lurie Garcia and a homer for Danny Mendick already. And Daniel Lynch goes two-thirds of an inning for the Royals. He is out. Seven zip White Sox. And this was a game where Lance Lynn and the Sox on the road did get the support up to minus, I saw this as high as minus 171 was the high watermark here at Circa, up from minus 156 Whoa. in the overnight. Total of nine, you're almost there in the top of the first. Now, kind of, uh, I think you're kind of getting a deal on that line, actually. I, I mean, Lance Lynn is fantastic. He's been fantastic, too. Easy I, to say I, when you're up 7 nothing, but I, I get your point. Right Coming here. into the game today. No, I mean, again, three or less in every game this year, then you're always going to have an opportunity to win. I mean, if, if every start, if you have enough innings and you're throwing quality starts, uh, it's going to be fun. He's been great for a while. Kind of surprised that that the Rangers let all these guys go, and he was one of them. Uh, on the flip side, Kansas City has lost six straight. You know, they're, they're scuffling pretty bad right now. And so you got Lance Lynn, who's great. you got a team scuffling. Uh, you got Lynch on the mound, who we need to see more out of. I mean, this was... Uh, I, I get it, but I, I just think the line wasn't enough. I mean, Lynch didn't do well his first start. Now he didn't do well today. This not what you want to see if you're... Uh, if, if, They're struggling. Yeah, if you're Mike Matheny. Yeah, they were really good for a while. Talk, I mean, really, talk about easy bet one. This first five was four and a half. There have been Everything. seven runs. We're saying yes. Top. White Sox over... There you go. Keep going. We're going to keep you updated. We'll also take a look at some of the PGA numbers after round three of the Wells Fargo. We'll get to that right after this here on VEASAN Bet Center.
VEASAN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight. Track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup, and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. If you're looking at NBA, NHL, MLB, you can go to VEASAN.com slash all of those sports, NBA slash NHL slash MLB for more data as well. And you can also use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts and get all our betting 101 info, including definitions of the betting terms we use here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free at vcin.com. Kind of like the word fade, which we're using to describe Daniel Lynch, Josh. Listen, I'm glad you said his name again. <laughs> I was just griping to you. Seven runs in the first inning for the yes. 2018 first-round pick for the Royals. 2018 first-round pick. So, again, what does that mean? That means in 2018 he goes from the draft to rookie ball in the Appalachian League. Uh, and then they sent him to high A ball, or sorry, low A ball in the Sally League because he is a college kid. Uh, which is fair, and he did really well. He was 5-1 and one with a 1-5-8. The South Atlantic League, low A ball, is so far from the big leagues, it's not even funny. And I don't mean that in any disrespect. It is a fantastic league. Um, it's great baseball. But again, it's not anywhere close to being ready for this level. But he did really good. So in 2019, let's send him to high A. That's a great next start. No, he goes back to rookie ball. And back to rookie ball... And then he goes to high afterwards. He did good, 5-2 and two with the 310 and high A. But why did he start in rookie ball? Maybe he was hurt. I don't know. The bottom line is he has very limited time at the highest level he pitched at, which is high A ball. And then now he's ready for the major leagues because he was probably at that alternate site where we only had a certain amount of people before the minor league season started. And I don't have too many to choose from when there's injuries or anything else. No disrespect I know he's 24 years old to Daniel Lynch, but Daniel Lynch, regardless of whether he's 24 or not out of college, when the highest level he pitched at was high A, is not ready for the major league level by any means not ready. It is a, it is a drastic jump. These go back to some of the gripes that I gripe to you about, Ben, where I just think that how we're teaching the game, we're missing a good opportunity to teach it properly, and then we're rushing too many players to the league that should not be there because this is a very advanced form of what we do. And it's the little things that it takes years to even understand before you get good at. So, you know, rushing a person like him to the big leagues because we have that alternate site. If they had a minor league season to start the season, Mr. Daniel Lynch would not be in this situation now. So cool that he got to pitch in the big leagues, but not cool because he doesn't really understand why this is happening to him yet. He probably feels ready, but he's not. And so we have too many players in the league like this, and it does at some point, it, it, it messes with you mentally, and it does set you back. Because now you start to question yourself because he was good at every level of his life until all of a sudden he got to Major League Baseball these last two starts. And then, what? Why? why I mean, I dominated last year. I dominated the year before. I dominated in college. Why am I not? Why am I getting roughed up like this? It's not, again, the separation between where he was and the major level is so hard and it's so advanced. And um, I don't like to see, I've watched it when I came up with the Orioles, I don't like to see players rush to the big leagues and then their careers don't really turn out because they never got past that early hurdle of having a bad start and not understanding why. Because the mental side of it, way more important than the physical side of it. Obviously, he has good stuff. And this is his second career start today. Mm-hmm. Three earned, four hits, four walks against the Indians earlier in the week and four and two-thirds, so not exactly a glowing Major League debut, but he'll actually end up getting charged for eight earned runs all on the top of the first two-thirds of an inning. White Sox and it, ex- it does explain, though, and we'll point this out, if, if he does get another start, might be an auto 
Otto go yeah, again. Uh, it was minus one fifty six on Lance Lynn this morning. Yeah. Went up about fifteen cents in favor of of the White Sox curler, and it is Chicago eight, Royals wow. nothing after uh, the top half of uh, of one inning. By the way, the bet I have not looking good right now. Blue Jays what? three, Astros nothing. As uh, as Calvin Biggio, who had base, who I, there were some rumblings that he might be getting sent down to Triple A if if his struggles continued. You know, you know, you go through all the numbers, Josh, and you see guys like that, very light hitting. And what does he do? Oh yeah, two run homer off, uh, off, off Christian Javier, and then back that up with Danny Jansen hitting 109 this year. Oh, he just goes. He deep. takes Javier deep, so it's three nothing top Harvey of the doing? third. Come on, man! Don't you know we got a bet on you, bro? Come on. Does he not know that he? Wow, that was a close play on so. the replay in the Rangers game. Does he not know that he was pitching really good at home? That <laughs> bought Gavin, uh, Kevin Biggio a couple more that weeks. Did, yeah, he bought him a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, he needed he'll be, that he'll too. Be, he'll be staying with the big club. So that is is one game in action right now. The live uh, number on that. Blue Jays minus 200 in-game with a Astro number at plus 165. Your live total at 9.5. Little juice to the under is that, at, uh, at the moment. Is that one of those things where you just you saw... Biggio hitting as low as he is, and obviously Danny Jansen, and you're not going to waste too much. Just, you know, kind of groove some fastballs, and whoops, I should have maybe not done well, that. Maybe, but what's weird is Javier's been kind of a nibbler, and that's why it's weird. He's had good stuff, yeah. and he, he historically needs a lot of pitches. He's only gone through five innings once, but uh, right now struggling. 3 nothing in that spot, and by the way, to, to keep tabs on that, five is your first five under uh, in, that, in uh, that spot, so already three runs there. In the top of the third inning. What was inning. the first five over in your brew crew? Uh, it just went just over. Went over. <laughs> Two run homer by Avi Garcia in a in a bullpen game there, as uh, as they were taking on. It was originally the uh, the undecided pitcher, and it ended up being Daniel Castano who gave up a home run already to Adrian Hauser, the pitcher. We talked about that earlier. So he mentioned he's, it. He's been in the rotation, but he was undecided today. No, he, uh, long relief guy for Castano had not pitched had... much this year. Looking at it, just thirteen and a third innings and a few outings. But I thought I had uh, him he, for. Uh, he might. I mean, he might have made three it. outings and three starts. Okay, yeah. so he has been kind of a spot. That's a good pickup by you. That's spot, hard as spot well, starter. though. By the way, like again, like the consistency of how you prepare. Uh, physically running gym, but also throwing in bullpen sessions as a starter. And yeah, uh, three games, three starts. And so. And this seemed like a pretty logical 16, bounce back. 27. So he's been in rotation yeah. for three starts. But yeah, it, it, listen, he's. I understand a lot about him because I didn't strike anybody out. He does not strike you out. I think he had five on the season. He had 12 last year in 30 innings. Uh, Castano, it, we have to be very good with location. We have to be willing to throw every pitch and the ball better move. And he's just missing on the plate a little bit. He was up on that last home run, but it's hard when when we live and die on control, um, which is where the fastball actually comes into play a little more because guys don't expect yeah. you to challenge and as much. Hauser, Adrian Hauser, the starter for the Brewers, they closed only minus one seventeen as a favorite. It seems obvious now. Oh, five one game, though, right? Top of the fifth. Brewers on a six game losing streak have really struggled with the bats, as you just alluded to, Josh. Right now in game live total of eight and a half line. The current line, at least on a side is down at a moment. Six runs scored there in the top of the fifth. That's always, you know, that sidetracked a little bit. It's always, we you know, do we, we bring up, we bring up the first, we bring up the struggling you. young pitchers. No, you, I'm all over the place. You got too many TVs. I'm all over the place. They got UFC behind me. We're everywhere. We're going to talk UFC and maybe some boxing in our next oh, hour. Yeah. We are watching a lot of, we have a lot of games going on. We'll, but we want to touch on uh, the PGA. We're going to do that this segment. We'll do it right after the break. As to what you should be betting on going into round four at Quail Hollow in the Wells Fargo Championship, we'll get to that update. Some more games we have not touched on in the big league next, right here on Decent Bet Center. 
Indeed believes less is more. That's why they have powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back. Decent Vet Center Saturday night where all the fun is here off Fremont Street in downtown Las Vegas at our Circus Sports Studios. Back with Josh Towers. He's That's getting ready true. to fire on some UFC bets. I maybe a little boxing. You, well, you missed it. We're, we're watching so much baseball that uh, you're missing out. We're going to get into that in our next hour. We're also going to circle back, update you on some of the major league games going on because it is a busy card right now. Nine games in action as we speak. First, though, let's if, to get you caught up on a big golf tournament as we get ready for the PGA Championship coming up in a couple weeks from uh, South Carolina. And we've got the Wells Fargo Championship, Josh, at Quail Hollow. Third round in the books. Maybe an un- unexpected leader. Keith Mitchell goes low today. Goes five under to get to nine under for the tournament. A two-shot lead over Rory McIlroy, seemingly back from the dead. And Gary Woodland at seven under so far. Looking at the updated odds here, McIlroy is to be expected your odds-on favorite. Plus 210, at least on the East Coast at DraftKings. Keith Mitchell, your leader, two and a half to one. Gary Woodland, five and a half to one. Uh, Josh, do you have any action uh, this week? I, I have more been in the just observe, try to figure out who's in good form coming into uh, the PGA Championship here in two weeks' time. So I did not make any bets this week. Were you uh, on anything there? No, this week I didn't. Uh, again, you just they, wanted to play, right? You were yeah, working on I your own to game. Play. That's very important. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have to get out there and play, man. You got to wake up early to do it. It's fine. Um, no, I mean with the baseball going on and obviously the UFC, um, my betting interests were elsewhere, but I follow this all the time because I love it so much. Mitchell's been. Fantastic so far. You said it. Uh, 900, 500 today. He's been great. And then Rory, he has been. Like, he, it's fun when Rory gets hot or he's just Rory and he's, I mean, who knows what goes on in this man's life because he's so famous all over the world um, that to shut the world off and just focus on golf has got to be uh, difficult at times. But when Rory's on, it is so fun to watch because he has one of the prettiest swings ever and just. The golf is, I mean, the, every aspect of his game is fun. So I, I like to see Rory back. Gary Willen, he, he's been struggling this year, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's nice when you see these guys pop up every every now and again where they've been struggling. It shows you that, you know, maybe they are off to the side when we don't see them working on getting their game right. Gary is obviously uh, a true veteran of the PGA Tour. He's a major winner and an all-around good dude. So we do root for him. He also spends a lot of time in Las Vegas at, at Rio Seco, so it's nice when you you know when you're out there and you see him hitting. It's a little humble brag there from Josh. Who, uh, you know, it's you fun to yeah, but you you, <laughs> you want to root for those guys when you see them out there, you know, and you actually see them putting in in work on the short game, which they all do. But um, you know, any Vegas connection, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of as well. Um, Nicholson was in this. He he had a rough one today though. He went back Great first round, and then yeah. it has gone. South for for Phil, your first round leader. It seemed like today, today was a little bit tough. Two over now for the tournament, 64, 75, 76. Oh, wow. And, and I'll, I'll say this, too. I know a lot of people are going to want to be on Rory McIlroy. It was a popular pick thanks to all the success he's had in his career at Quail Hollow. Talk us out of it. And and was it 20 to 1 coming in? You see, as you watch on VEASAN.com, final group with Keith Mitchell, the odds-on favorite. Mitchell, by the way, won 50 to 1 coming in. I'm still not sold on McIlroy. number lately. I'm still not sold on McIlroy, Josh. A guy who, this tournament or just where he's at in, golf-wise? In, just in general. Okay. Had the nice uh, – his miss, the cut prop at the Masters was plus 450, okay, which was a, was a nice cash. Let's but, cross him off at 210 then. Well, I, let me just lay out the, the reasoning here. Put, his strokes gain putting, and this is something we always hit on, on the, the sort of advanced metrics that have the greatest variance, especially when you're betting golf from round to round. 
McElroy, his, his swing still to me, he, he still is not totally there. Okay. And the numbers would support that. I mean, the, the, he was basically tournament average so far if you look at his shots, ga- strokes, gain, and approach off the tee has been his best metric so far, at least in the third round today. But his putting today, he gained over three strokes on the field. That's huge. And a guy who has been, he hasn't really given himself looks throughout this current drought and his current lack of form of actually making putts because he's been so wayward off the tee. But having said that, I'm still not trusting that 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 will hold up as we go into Sunday. His off the tee still, his driving game still hasn't been all that good. It's still been basically just over tournament average this week. Around the greens, he's been slightly below average. So really nothing has completely stood out to McElroy. It's just he's been able to manage a very difficult course at Quail Hollow with the wind, the fact they've lengthened the course, shortened it from a par, the, the, at least the overall uh, uh, to, to par score mm-hmm. from 72 to 71. His, I think his experience has gotten him in this spot. It would not surprise me if he won as a result of that, but I still don't think he's playing at a way that would warrant him being a pretty good favorite at plus 210 despite being two shots back. Here coming in, so I would not be be playing him in this is, spot. That's my point. Is the line okay? So we're suggesting that the line is not really based off of how well Roy has played coming into this or the it's, season. It's solely based on a historical trend at this course. Plus for him, for him, or maybe your plus and my or the same thing. Yeah. Or it's the people around him. It's Mitchell. It's Woodall. It's List. That, that's it's Cody definitely, Hall, it's that's Stallings, definitely it's Duffner, a Right. So we have a lot of guys. Um, you know, Hovland's in there, but he's still very young. Patrick Reed would be the biggest name with consistency, but he's five back. Uh, answer. So we have a lot of names surrounding it. We got Keith Mitchell and Can he hold on at a tough course? Gary Woodland has not been playing very good. Um, Luke List has been good, and then again, so we have numbers surrounding. So. I mean, it, it, that's that's great discussion, right? Because Rory is Rory. Track history, we know how good he is. But again, we, we're we watch sports all day, and we talk about um, how have you been playing lately, the Wizards, right? And, and and that factors in a lot. So, who do you feel comfortable with? If you if you were to make a play tomorrow, do you feel comfortable with Mitchell with a two stroke lead? Do you like how Woodland has been playing, even though he hasn't been playing that good? Uh, this year, list has been pretty consistent. Are you comfortable? Like, what do you think? And it is four too far for Patrick Reed and some of those guys. Yeah, I would say if, if there was a guy I would take a flyer on, Hovland did not make any putts today, okay. and is still he is five back at four under fourteen to one right now. You, on the East Coast, you can bet will these guys in tournament finish top ten. Hovland's minus one thirty seven at T seven. I, I would actually that's the one bet I think I would actually like play. Him. As far as Mitchell, look, he, he held off in the 2019 Honda Classic. He held off Ricky Fowler and Brooks Kepka when those two were as in form as you could possibly Especially see. Now, that was obviously not a major tournament, but th- this is sort of comparable as far as good course, tough course to, to win at. Yeah. He was nine under in a one-stroke win at the Honda Classic a couple of years ago on the West, in the West Coast swing. So even though he hasn't done much in the majors, Keith Mitchell, like I mentioned, 150 to one, I, I actually think he, he has enough and enough mental fortitude here to hang hang on with the two-shot lead. It'll be interesting to see his, you know, overall, you look at his 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 play for the tournament, he's been fantastic off the tee and tee to green, which is what you really need at a course like this that is so demanding with the wind the way it is. But he hasn't gained a ton of strokes on the putting green. He's actually been below tournament average around the green. So I, I actually do think Keith Mitchell 
and go ahead and win this thing. He, he wearing the visor and all. I know the visors, you know. We're, we just see the visor wearing guys actually win these events on, on the tour. Not many of them around Josh, but that's actually kind of how I'm I'm leading at least. Uh, and, yeah. And I'm not sure if you see anything different in what you've seen out of Rory, but I will. I'm still in a I will believe it when I see it approach with him. Well, I, I, again, and then sometimes there's just courses that you just play better at that you're comfortable at, right? So I'm just going back to past results from like the past couple of years, and there's names on this list. Uh, T16 for Rory, 2018. Um, Patrick Reed's on this list. Finished eighth that year. Luke List finished ninth that year. He is solo fourth right now. So right, and good... then you creep back into 2019. Yeah. Max Homa won it, but uh, Duffner's on the list again with a T4. Uh, Rory's on the list with a T for eight. Mitchell tied for eight as well. Um, so some of these guys who are on there now have been on there in the past the last couple of years and are comfortable with this course. So then that kind of, for me, offsets a little bit that you know, Mitchell's been down this road playing this course and playing it well with the top 10, top eight, sorry. Uh, and then Rory's been on that list a few times again. So now, of course, that he knows and likes better regardless of how he's playing Luke List as well. So just based off of that limited information, I mean, if there is a guy that's five back that can do it, given history, it is Patrick Reed or Duffner on this course. But now you're adding Mitchell and Rory and List of three guys that are nine, seven, and six who also have had past success the last few years at this tournament. And so that makes it harder for those guys at four. So now we go back and look at this and yeah, those are my three. Then it would be Mitchell, Rory and list. And we look at the, the, the numbers in tomorrow and see if what, what makes sense betting wise. And so again, McElroy plus two ten, Mitchell two and a half to one. You mentioned list. We've list. not touched on him. 12 to one, as you see, Which via DraftKings. I would, that would, you know, that would be a fun bet. That'd yeah. be a little off the board. And I don't think many people would be taking that, but that would be, would be a, that would be a fun bet uh, coming in. So we'll see how that plays out. You will be, uh, Josh, it'll be you, Jeff Parles, Greg Peterson yep. tomorrow. A little Mother's Day edition of Bet Center as this tournament wraps up. So it'll be very fun uh, to watch that as we also update you on a busy Saturday night in the MLB. One game has just gone final while we were talking about all the golf. The bullpen issues continue for the Minnesota Twins as they give up a five spot in the bottom of the seventh. Waste a very good outing by Jose Barrios and fall 7-3 to the Tigers in a game where Minnesota was pretty heavily favored as high as minus 185 uh, across town at the South Point where our other VEASAN studio is. That total goes over thanks to the five spot in the seventh over seven and a half. And the Twins early season struggles now 12 and 20, Josh. Mm. Continue. And uh, by the way, the the bet I have, uh, Astros first five, five just yeah. crumple up that ticket and, and burn it because it is now five nothing Blue Jays in the top of the third and uh, the great start to the year for Christian Javier coming to a screeching halt. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's everything. I mean, in, in three innings, we have three walks, which is never good. So he's got no control or trust. Then we got two home runs. So when he is coming to the zone, he's leaving it up, and he doesn't have belief in his pitches. Uh, it's kind of like a double negative for now for him. He's probably out of the game. Don't crumble the ticket just yet. There's still a lot of I, I mean, it's on my phone, so I would have okay. to burn my phone, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you think that Stephen Mass, his struggles will eventually come into form, five total, 11 and a half, little juice to the overseas. If you, if you buy that, you might want to look at the over. I will not do that here, though. I just, just cut my losses at, uh, at this point. We've got another hour coming up. Beeson Bet Center, we're going to we're talk some UFC, update the NBA, look at MLB futures as well in our next hour. Stick with us right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 